Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the Tighten Up podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I am Jack Gentry at Jack A. Gentry on Twitter, along with Austin Huff, who is at Austin Huff on Twitter. As always, give us a follow. Give the Tighten Up pod a follow on Twitter, the Tighten Up podcast on Instagram. And of course, follow A to Z Sports on all social media platforms. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun on social media over the last few weeks. It's definitely, if you're a Titans fan, it's definitely worth your follow. And I'm not just saying that because it's our podcast, but it, I, I, I mean that. Guys, dare I say this sode is the greatest sode in the history of sodes? Like, yes, we've got your clowny watch. Sure. Okay, we'll hit on Jarrell Casey being sad about not being a Titan. Look, we're all sad there. We've got to remember the Titan for you. But guys, the things that makes this sode better than any other sode before is because we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Donnie Nicky. <laughs> guys, I'm not joking when I say this. Donnie Nicky joins us. Jack, if I faint during this interview, you're going to have to uh, see it through to the end, okay? Like, I, I think that's a. I- I think I can do that, but you'll also have to worry about me. I, I was stoked when Donnie agreed to do this. We are very shtick guys. We And Donnie Nikki kind of falls right into what we have, have built this podcast on. And as players like Donnie Nikki, obviously playing with the Titans, eight-year career, has a lot of stories, some training camp fights. Um, he won a national championship at Ohio State. He may be a better running back than Eddie George. We have a lot to get to. I, I honestly can't wait. So, so like, let, let's not let's not keep the people waiting anymore. But, but before we get to Tuppen, I, I do have to make you wait just a little bit longer because I got to talk to you about TennesseeTickets.com, the only place to trust with your money on the secondary ticket market. You know why? Because they will give you 100% guaranteed money back if any games are canceled this season. So, you know, the Rona is like pretty much gone, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, nobody believes it anymore. It's like it's like when we all grew up and like stopped believing in Santa. Essentially, the Rona is gone, right? But if it does come back, TennesseeTickets.com will give you your money back if games are canceled. And they will not not I'm talking straight up cash. I'm not talking gift card or anything like that. Uh, just they will give you the money that you put in back. They've got great prices, free tailgates, food and bar at all Titans home games, which that alone is enough to get your tickets to them. They've got amazing customer service and, you know, you're supporting local business. And we all know how important it is, especially in these trying times, to support local. Use code TITANS20 for $20 off your Titans tickets. And when you do, make sure you tell them A to Z Sports sent you. Now, with that said, let's talk Titans. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is June 10th, 2020. Happy belated Matt Neely Day to all of you. Now, the last few weeks, we've let off with a clowny watch update when there's been literally nothing to report, but I am happy to report that that's not the case this week. Let's go down to my correspondent, Jack Gentry, with a very special Clowny Watch 2020 update. Jack. 
Clowny Watch rolls on for the millionth week in a row. So this shouldn't be new news. <laughs> there you go. Hey, but I will say this. We did get an addition uh, this week. We got a little uh, tweet from our uh, the Titans' own Taylor Lewan with, uh, you know, almost kind of, I don't know if, um, w- w- what's the rule? Tampering? Was he t- was that tampering? Was Taylor Lewan's tweet tampering when he, he tweeted at Jadavian Clowney, in case you missed it, he tweeted at Jadavian Clowney using a photo of Jadavian Clowney's famous hit from the, um, was it the Capital One Bowl or whatever, the yeah. South Carolina-Michigan game where he literally decapitated a human on the field. Well, Taylor Lewan was the left tackle in that game and was the guy responsible for blocking Jadavian Clowney on that play. And so now Taylor Lewan's like, let's team up. <laughs> you completely just beat me on one of the most famous plays in college football history. Let's team up. And that's that's what Taylor Lewan should have been saying for years now after Clowney was down in Houston terrorizing as well. No, th- th- uh, is it tampering? Maybe. Probably, but <laughs> wait, 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 if it is, let's, let's keep it. Let's, let's keep that to ourselves, dude. Like, <laughs> but also it's worth the fine. Don't know how much the fine would be, but it's worth it. If Clowney comes home, I, I, I don't under, I don't see why you want to, I, I would reach out. I would throw him an invite to come on the bus with busting and the boys. I, I would let, let I, I would let it all fly. Every single tool that you have in your arsenal to real Clowney in is now's the time to use it. If there is a fine, we will start a GoFundMe on this podcast to help Taylor Lewan pay for it. Right. That's right. Because every little bit helps right now. If Taylor Lewan wants to tweet at Javin Clowney to tell him to sign here, and it is against league rules, I don't know if it is or not, but if it is, then we will help pay that fine because that's how bad we want Javin Clowney. Now, also, I should point out that you know anyone who's been following Clowney Watch as closely as us, or even half as close, knows that there aren't many teams in this race. And, well, I am happy to report that according to a sponsored article I clicked on Facebook this week, <laughs> one team has dropped out. And I've held this news from Jack just to get his live reaction on this podcast. Jack, do you have any guesses as to which team has dropped oh, out of man. Clowney Watch? Uh, so the t- the teams we've discussed, right, are the Seahawks, the Browns, the Titans, the Saints, and the Eagles, maybe. So, am I leaving anyone out? You are. Uh, yes, you are correct in guessing. The New York Jets are the team that have <laughs> dropped out, officially dropped out of Clowny Watch 2020, according to ESPN reporter Rich uh, Samini. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. The Jets are not interested in bringing in the versatile pass rusher. He writes, and I quote: "While the Jets' Clowny speculation has lingered throughout the offseason." All right, let me stop you right there. Has it has it lingered? I don't all? think it's lingered all that much. I don't think it's lingered at all. Like the yeah, I lingered. No, I don't think I, it has. Right. I, I, think, I think Clowney kind of nixed that right by saying he doesn't want to play for a sorry organization. Yeah, I think they have taken the hint long ago. There's been no lingering with that uh, with those reports, uh, Rich uh, Samini or whatever your name is. Uh, <laughs> so, but he he continues. The truth, the truth is they have never had serious interest and their position, their position hasn't changed even with $11 million in cap relief from Johnson. Okay. So there, there, he pretty much said, he was like, he basically said that this interest has lingered throughout the off season, even though it wasn't very serious. So that's news to us. So Jack, the jets have entered the clowny 
watch race and <laughs> dropped out in the clowny watch race before we even knew that they were in the clowny watch race. Isn't this like the ugly kid asking like the pretty girl, the homecoming queen to prom in high school where you know that she's probably going to say no. But then once she does say no, you say, well, uh, we didn't, I didn't even want to go. No, anyway. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's close. It, this is the, this is the nerdy kid in high school being like, no, I'm not asking out Bridget, you know, like the captain, of the cheerleading squad. I'm not asking her out, you know, because I'm, I'm just not interested. You know, like, it's like, dude, you doofus. Like you, you wouldn't have had a chance anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes them feel better that, you know, they get to say no before he right. actually publicly says no. Right. It's, it's, I'm not fired. I quit, you know, like that's, that's what this essentially is. Um, Which is what but, Adam Gaze should also do up there. Right, right. Oh man. So sorry, Jets, any Jets fans listening to this tighten up podcast. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but that, that is it. So um, 100% of the Jets energy should be focused on keeping Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell happy anyways, which they have done a horrendous job at ever since both of those players have landed in the Meadowlands. Right. Right. And making sure that, uh, Le'Veon Bell doesn't ultimately end up, uh, funding a, uh, a plot, uh, murder for hire plot, like, uh, former Chris Johnson eventually did, which by the way, can we, can we go ahead and like when, whenever Chris Johnson comes in the news for bad news or like gets arrested or anything, can we call him former jet instead of former Titan? Yes. Yes. Or former Cardinal, either one place. <laughs> okay. All right, good. All right, so that's that's the Clowny Watch update. Sorry uh, to keep the reason that you're all here waiting, but that, that's important. We had to get to the Clowny Watch updates for this week, but we all know why you're here on this podcast this week. It's for our man, Donnie Nicky. So without further ado, let's get to it. Tennessee Titans! If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that there are uh, two titans that we hold higher than literally any other. One is a current titan who's obviously just, it's Brett Kern. Brett, the coffin kerner, Kern. And the other is a former titan who is joining us today. He was selected in the fifth round of the 2003 NFL draft by your Tennessee Titans, where he played eight season, was known as a special teams ace which we play aces high here, so that's actually a good thing. 114 career tackles, one sack, oh, and one catch for 26 yards, not to brag. He won a national championship with the Ohio State Buckeyes back in 2002, and he's just an all-around badass. Can I say that? Is that fair to say, just all-around badass? All right, good. If you must. <laughs> he is Donnie Orvin, Nikki. Donnie, how are you, man? Thanks so much for joining yeah. us. I'm very good. Thanks for having me. So, Donnie, can you tell us what you're up to these days? Man, well, so after football, I did a few things. And I got into coaching. And then I started teaching school. So I, I coached at Battleground Academy. Oh, um, I went there. Rock oh, Madden. what's up? BGA, BGA grad. Yeah, BGA. And, um, man, fell in love with uh, the coaching part. And then I decided I want to do it full time. So my wife is from Jackson. We met in Nashville. She's from Jackson, West Tennessee. So we moved to West Tennessee for four years and I taught school, high school, um, ninth grade and 10th grade. And I was the head coach at Northside and Jackson and coached for four years. And man, teaching is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's, <laughs> it's an art. And I mean, I respect teachers so much more. And I just know that, I mean, if you want to fix a school, just pay the teachers more. I mean, 
it's hard to, it's hard to earn a living on teacher salary. Yeah. But, uh, so but I really enjoyed it. I really learned a lot. And then um, I moved back to Ohio now. So I'm from, I grew up in Ohio and I brought my wife up and kids up and doing commercial construction, getting out of coaching. Oh, nice. Wait, so wait, what, what subjects did you teach in school? Computer apps. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I pegged you as a Microsoft office. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Man, I, I could barely email until I started teaching and then now I'm doing like Microsoft Word. I can do PowerPoints all day long. Are you a transitions guy? Like, are, do you do you go with transitions between the slides? Yeah, or do you... No, yeah, you can go overboard with the transitions, but I like oh. and I like I like the gradients on the background. But I knew I keep loved it this guy. I knew I loved this guy. <laughs> Donnie, do you know that you're the all-time leader in yards per carry in Ohio State's history? I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. One hmm. one carry, twenty-eight yards. The next closest is the quarterback that you actually played with, Belisari with one for 27. So are you going to now – you should reach out to Eddie George and just yeah. let him know that, hey, I hold the all-time it. rushing or yards per rush record at Ohio State. I'm going to do that. I'm going to text him right now. You ought to. You ought <laughs> to. Sucker. <laughs> that that's i mean look i knew i knew donnie was a legend but the fact that he i mean and there have been not even just eddie not even just the tight zone but maurice claret who you played with like there have been some great running backs at the the ohio state university and donnie donnie has them all beat which is pretty awesome um do you uh now donnie you had in during your eight years in, with the titans you had one career sack do you remember who that quarterback mm-hmm. was that you sacked? It was Philip Rivers. It was oh, Philip Rivers. Nice. And it was uh, – I can't remember. It was Chris Hope just had to come out for one play. Uh, Schwartz blitzed me. Man, it, the, uh, the right side, he, he flushed out to the right side. And, man, we had a good enough coverage. Got a sack. One career sack. That's – I got off, I ran off the field. He said one for one. Are you, now, do you kind of hope that Philip Rivers goes to the Hall of Fame just so you could, you know, that, like, do you, yeah, like, do you yeah. wish for success for Philip Rivers just so it makes gotta, that sack look even better? That. Yeah, I got a picture of that sack. Where is it? I oh, yeah, I definitely hope he does. Yeah, he's a great quarterback, too, really. Right. Not to, even if I didn't sack him and have my picture, the one sack picture with Philip Rivers, I mean, he's a great quarterback. I think, man, I think he's, been the only one there for a while, for a well, lot of those years. Ladanian Tomlinson, Ladanian was uh-huh. was the real deal. And a few years there, they were good. But I mean, he's been the consistent, and he's the same draft class as me, I believe, two thousand three. Yeah, we can't or give him too much credit. He he's in the division now with the Colts, so we have to be careful on complimenting Philip Rivers. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah, can true. you any chance you could suit back up next season and sack him again? No, no chance. Okay. Not a chance. All right. It was worth a shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So, would you say that that was your favorite moment? Well, what was your favorite moment as a football player in general at any level? Do you have a moment or play or memory that, that just ranks higher than all else? Man, all right, yeah. I was, you know, seven years old, seven years old, and I was in the front yard. So, we had – and I grew up in Akron, Ohio, and we had a – our front yard, and then Mr. Bill was on the corner. Mr. Bill and his wife 
So we could use the whole, they let us use the whole yard, like two yards for a football field. Uh-huh. And I was playing with my brother's friends and then I caught a deep, like a deep pass. It was probably, you know, 20 feet, but it felt like hundred yards. And I caught that one and I was like, yeah, man, I like this. So that's above intercepting Derek Carr in college, winning a national championship, sacking Phillip Rivers. It's above all of those? It's, man, it's right there. It's right there. Like <laughs> national championship, seven years old. Touchdown at Mr. Bill's yard. <laughs> that must have been one hell of a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, it was a great catch. It was a great catch. I was like surprised. My first time I surprised myself, I was like, man, wow. I can't believe I made that catch. <laughs> all right, and so I Donnie. Do that every time in the NFL. Donnie, who was the who was the better number twenty three, you or Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. Wow. Michael Jordan. Are you, are, is that just you being humble? Blaine, I thought you were going to say Blaine Bishop. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we love Blaine here, but yeah, I mean, Blaine's it's Donnie Nicky. <laughs> what about the best tw- number twenty three from Akron, Ohio? You or LeBron? Did Man, you ever play oh, football yeah. against LeBron? No, he was a little younger than me. Man, yeah. I wish I would have. But um, locked him down. LeBron, man, LeBron, LeBron could play in the NFL right now. He'd be in a Hall of Famer in the NFL. That guy's would, a beast. Would you want to cover him? Not a chance. Nope. <laughs> man, he could be able to push off. Man, he's so strong. I couldn't cover anybody anyway. So, man, I really didn't like covering. I'd, well, I mean, I double team him. I mean, I do the inside outside. Well, you're not making you're not making a good case for Ohio State being DBU then, because that was my next question. There's a big rivalry between LSU and Ohio State as to who's DBU. Do you have any thoughts yeah. on this? All right, both both schools, lots of good DBs, but Ohio State is the factory. I mean, in the last last couple of years. We've taken the lead in NFL players, period. And, I mean, it's just – there's no competing with Ohio State. Let's put it this way. When I, when I was at Ohio State, it was everything. Um, I got drafted in 2003, and everything was a downgrade. So, the practice cleats were better or worse. Like, Titans from Ohio State to the Titans, the food was worse. Really? It was, like, a little bit. The, yeah, the pay, wasn't as – Was the pay worse? True. Man, no, the pay was a lot better. A lot better. <laughs> I don't know, Donnie. But that's, yeah. but that's why they don't have to. They don't have to recruit. They don't have to recruit, and they have to, uh, they pay players. It's a business, so you see that real stark right off the bat. It was it was pretty uh, pretty clear. So so was was the food the food was better at Ohio State than it was uh, with the Titans? Slightly, yes. Okay. The Titans was great too. Now, I mean, football players are spoiled. You get fed very, very, very well. But I mean, Thursday nights at Ohio State was crab legs Ooh. and like and uh, roast beef, like primary. No wonder you guys won the national championship. <laughs> um, yeah, Don. So I'm gonna move along into early on in your NFL career. There was a moment in 2006. Now there were a few moments where. Tempers kind of boiled at practice, and Donnie Nicky was usually, you know, somewhere in the middle of it. We're talking 2006, Lindell White's a rookie, and there is an incident at practice where he maybe crosses the line, and 
the rumor is he spit in your face. And the practice had to be stopped a couple of plays later by Jeff Fisher, who was really upset. Can you take us through what happened there? Yeah, Lindell was – Lindell's got a lot of uh, a lot of confidence. <laughs> okay. And it was, I guess, that was my third year. So, I mean, I was, I was hungry. I was hungry. I knew what it took in training camp. I mean, I had to bust my ass in training camp the entire time, every practice, all season, really. But definitely in training camp, just to be – because I'm living on that last 10 guys of the roster – Man, that's just kind of that's how you survive, and that's how your mentality has to be. And Wendell, man, he was good. He just wasn't, man. He, he wasn't being like a good rookie. It was had a little bit of mouth, and I was getting physical with him. And he spit at me. He didn't spit in my face, but he spit at me. And man, that's just something you don't do. That's like that's like an unwritten rule in football. And I mean, I, I took any. I, Took, made, used it as an excuse to try and get in a fight just because, I mean, I, I get tired of taking all the reps for all the starters, and I, man, I just felt like the right thing to do. One thing led to another, and there was Donnie Nicky and Lindell yeah. White in the middle of the practice. What did, yeah, what did so Jeff was, Fisher it was, say? It was the first play when he spit. I took my helmet off. I swung it at him. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like Miles Garrett. That's his name, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't connect. And then, man, Fisher yelled at me. And it was just all at me. And then the next play, um, it was a run away. I was back in the in the half playing cover two, and it was a run away. And, man, I went beeline all the way on the sideline. I think Corlin held him up. Like, just held him <laughs> up for me. Man I, man, I got over there and started wailing on him. <laughs> that, oh, you can see, nobody can see that. That was on film, though. The thing I'm, I take away from that That's story what got me really pissed. Lendale White is a terrible spitter. Like if if because I, you don't just like spit in someone's direction. Like you you're you're definitely aiming for someone's spit, and he just completely missed you. That's what I take away from this story. Man, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a pretty weak spit. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, Donnie, who would I guess on the on the topic of fights, who would win in a fight between um, Brutus the Buckeye and T Rack? Oh man, oh, I think I think T Rack. You think T Rack could take him? Yeah. Wow, that's claws, that's claws versus a nut. That's true. That's actually yeah, and I guess I guess Rackins eat so nuts. He's got leaves, really. I mean, does he does he even really have appendages? <laughs> yeah, he does have a, a nice striped uh, rugby sweater. I think. Yeah, yeah. Hey. yeah, but striped brass knuckles, maybe. But I mean, T Rack is T Rack's a beast. Right? T-Rack is – and T-Rack used to beat up uh, the opposing team's fans before every game. I, I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah, yeah. Out, yeah. out at center field – at midfield. Yeah, uh, T-Rack, I'm sorry. Now, can – I want to ask you a uh, – I guess a non-Titans question. But going back to your college days, I watched an interview that you did um, with Jeremy Shaq at Media Days before the 2003 Fiesta Bowl the national yeah. championship, which first off, nice job. You held your own. He was, he was throwing you some hard balls and you, you handled them in stride. You didn't, you didn't take the bait. You didn't create any bulletin board material for the, for the hurricanes, which is good. Um, second, that game, like Miami, Ohio state goes down it, it for a while. It was the greatest college football game of all time until USC, Texas, but still it's one of the greatest 
Agreed, college football yeah. games of all time. What what was it like playing in a game like that of that magnitude? Because nobody was giving Ohio State any credit. Like, and I mean, Miami was really good at the time. And then you guys go in and you just shock the world and you pull off the upset. Man, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Like, just to have nobody, no one, no, not any confidence. No one gave us any confidence. Or no one picked us. So, we, I mean, we had nothing to lose. So, that's a great position to be in. And, I mean, uh, and then you get a, a group of guys like that. We're real tight. And, man, I mean, that's dangerous. Dangerous. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I remember um, – I spoke to Dustin. Dustin Fox was a corner, and before the game, we exchanged little pieces of paper that said 2003 or 2002 national champions. Man, I wonder if Dustin still got I lost mine, but <laughs> then we exchanged those papers, man. That was awesome. That's all right. As long as you still have the oh, ring, man. I guess it, it's all good, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, were you, were, you, were you the one who hyperextended Wills McGahee's knee in that game? No, nope. Will Allen. Well, okay. All right. Good. Because yeah. that was one of the most horrific knee injuries I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, man, it was rough. It was rough. And I, I dropped the last pass. Like, I mean, I could have caught it right there, and I didn't know what to do. I, like brain farted. I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> I'm like, damn! I should have caught the ball, man. It would been like. <laughs> that that's why you played DB, right? That's what that's what they say, right? Like the that's why they put DBs. No hands. Yeah. 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 Because I can't, man, I can't catch very well. <laughs> well, okay. You may not be able to catch, but you can throw hands at least, right? So we're going back. We have yes. another incident. We're oh, here we go. In the in- we're going back in the incident jar. <laughs> okay. So we're in training camp again. 2007, you and Vince Young get into a little kerfuffle. Is, was that just you kind of just saying, hey, like, I don't care where you were drafted. I don't care what you're supposed to be. I'm still going to be me and, and I, yeah, well, kind of assert kind my dominance. Yeah. You're kind of right there. Like, so, like I said, training camp is, man, I'm full go mm-hmm. all the time, competing my tail up, man, like just to the nth degree. And I'm going to hit anybody because I can't cover, right? So I'm going to hit anybody that gets the ball close to me. I'm gonna go, I got to go try and destroy them. And Vince threw it twice over the middle and I just cleaned out the receiver it was uh I can't remember who the first one was but it was was it Gage yeah no it wasn't Gage man um Courtney Roby yes it was Courtney Roby and then uh I can't remember the next guy but I clotheslined him and Vince I'm like man don't throw that ball like you're getting these guys killed you're gonna get these guys killed like because this I was the down safety and I was like this is an outside linebacker in cover three. Like, he's going to destroy that guy. I didn't say that, but that's what I that's what I was thinking. And, man, he just didn't like it. Started chirping, chirping. And then I was like, all right, here we go. Like, I, I'm going to get cut because I got in a fight with the third pick in the draft. Third pick in the draft, whatever it was. He was yeah, third pick. Yeah. And, I mean, if you touch a quarterback as any player – that's what I was told right away. I mean, you, you touch McNair, you're done. Like, don't touch him. So I was like, all right, I'm fighting Vince. And before I even threw a punch, I, I pulled my arm back like this, and Kevin Mawai came out of nowhere and just tackled me, done, end of fight. I got Shut jumped. Shut it down. <laughs> got yeah. jumped. Let's, 
I, I was going to say, you, you said Vince Young was chirping. Did you have a go-to chirp that maybe escalated the situation a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you say to Vince yeah, Young? Yeah, what's your chirp? Um, S, like F-words. A lot of them. <laughs> like, sure, I don't know. Yeah, it was just a lot of F-words. <laughs> yeah, just a lot F- of grunting. Yeah, nothing nice. Nothing nice. <laughs> the, uh, now, uh, I, let's stay on the topic of throwing punches, or I guess throwing quote-unquote punches, because in 2010, you were – obviously ejected from a game against the Chargers. <laughs> um, like for you were ejected for shoving a ref, which if you go back, I mean, it sounds badass. Don't get me wrong. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah, but, yeah. but if you go back and watch, it's like you, you barely, I don't even know if you made contact with the ref, if you even touched him at all. Was that the weakest thing anyone's him. ever, ever been ejected for? It's gotta be, gotta be. I mean, I will, I don't even understand what the ref was doing that close. If there was going to be a fight, like what? I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, did the ref get but a pancake block for that? <laughs> like he no, was all up on top blocks. of you. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, he, he was in it. He was like right in the middle. It was like he wanted to fight. Right. I mean, he was just he was ready to go. But I mean, he came. He was there so quick. But that that incident. So uh, the guy that was playing it was the Chargers and. He happened to play for Bowling Green State University. And, man, he, he was blocking me up pretty good on kickoff. And, man, he just, he just held the crap out of me and then just pile-drive me and called my, every, called my mother every name in the book. Oh. I was like, man, all right, that's – he's, again, over the line, over the line, so I'm going to punch the guy. As soon as I stand up, he ducked his head, and then the ref was right there. I was like, <laughs> oh. And then he looked at me. I remember the ref was like, so he touched me. He's like, oh, you hit me. It was believing. He, so he was so shocked. That, yeah, oh, that, that, ref, that ref flopped, like, without question. Yeah, that was like a European soccer move right there that he, he pulled. It, it's on YouTube. If, if any, anyone's listening right now and wants to, wants to go back and watch Donnie Nicky yeah. just get – that, that was a war crime, really. Like, he, not only was he – First of all, you don't you don't talk about anyone's mom, okay? You can say you can say FVY or you can say whatever trash talk you want. Yeah. You don't bring up someone's mom, and then Especially on top of that, spit. yeah, you while you're spit. laying on top of them, like Mrs. Nikki yeah, is a saint. Man was yeah, he was way over the line. Mm. Way. I wish we could do something about that for you, guys. No, really yeah. Do, do you do you know do you do you want us to go take care of him for you? We will. Man, I can't run. I think I remember his name. It was something long and crazy. Yeah, it was something. long. A lot of, lot of uh, consonants. Or Polish. Yeah. yeah. It sounds about right. Well, he's so back in Poland. Let me ask you this. So what kind of drove you to be this, this gritty, won't back down, um, hard-nosed player? Did, were you all, were you, did you grow up with this mindset of, you know, Man. I won't take any crap from anyone else? Or what, how did that kind of come maybe, about? Maybe a little bit, but... Um, I got two brothers, so my older brother I was always chasing. I always had my younger brother chase me, and I just always liked to compete. So I found a Dunkin' Yo-Yo one time, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn this thing," yeah. and I go crazy. I get real obsessed with something, and I just do it till I can do it. Could you walk the dog? Oh do, yeah, do, walk do, the dog. Uh, I can do the, the, like the cradle. Nah, I can do that quiet, but I could but I could get it to sleep. Like I get it, yeah. get it to sleep and walk the dog. <laughs> I, man, I loved 
I had a I had a Duncan Saber wing back in the day, and those yeah. Oh gosh, that yeah, I, Yes, the yo-yos were the best. Anyway, and then well, and then like that was when I was really young. I was like seven, six, seven. Same time where I caught the ball, my greatest memory. Uh-huh. And um, about that time, I saw I think I saw gymnastics or something on TV, and I got the piano bench, my mom's piano bench. And I started like running at it and doing vaults over it. And I just did it till I could learn how to do a handspring on it for some reason. I don't know. I just get these things that I, I challenge, something that's challenging, I get in my mind and I just can't let it go till I get it at least halfway done. Like and Microsoft then, PowerPoint. Yes, like PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. Man, Excel, really Excel. That's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're an Excel dude. You, you like the uh, different. You well, like no, making- I mean, it was tougher to teach. It was the toughest to teach. Excel yeah. was for sure. V look up, man. You, I, 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 I shy away from Excel as much as possible. Yeah. It's scary for me as well. I, I can't do yeah. it. Um, Donnie. Uh, really, you- really what got me that mentality was I got cut my second year. So, um, from rookie, rookie year, uh, man, it was a long season. So you're never, anybody coming into college, man, you Never played that many games. So we played 20 games, got into the playoffs, lost in New England. And then that's the first time I got to rest. And I just kind of stayed stayed asleep for a while and got through training camp, but then made the team. Craig Hentry reaches over for the remote control and throws his back out Thursday morning. And they moved the game up. For the hurricane, they moved the game from Saturday or from Sunday to Saturday. So we were on Friday. Um, and they cut me. And I, I realized I was that 53rd man. I'm like, man, I was I was angry. But I realized that's where, all right, I got no role. I've got no role. I'm just kind of nondescript. I'm floating around. And I started practicing like a total, like Chuck Cecil. Chuck was there, Chuck. I I play I practice like Chuck played. I tried to play like he or practice like he played all the time. Just hammer anybody I can talk, like say whatever I need to say and just be just be as tough as possible and not take a not take any place for granted. Mm-hmm. And just cuz man I, I when you get cut and then well they brought me back the next weekend but the next week but you get cut, you don't know if it's ever gonna have you're ever gonna be able to play again. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna play every play like it's my last. Let's let's rewind the clock to what, before your first plays. I'm always fascinated by rookie hazing. Now we had Brad Hopkins on, and he didn't have any good rookie hazing stories for us. I was disappointed, <laughs> but when when you agreed to, I said, I know Donnie Nikki has at least a good story about being hazed or doing the hazing? Which which side were you on here? Man, I got hazed more than I gave. I mean, I definitely took more than I dished out. Um, haircuts, I think the haircuts were always awesome. The, the offensive linemen had the best haircuts. Um, not sure how a graphic I can get. <laughs> oh, as graphic uh, as – Yeah, great, dude. On this yeah, podcast? Get insanely yeah. graphic. All right, well, all right. So the offensive lineman always did one, one offensive line rookie. It was 
the balls and then a, <laughs> a penis coming down the front of the head. Was it circumcised? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Always. <laughs> a, always a and then it, right there and then. Just, just two, <laughs> two <laughs> massive testicles right there yeah. on the back of your head. <laughs> yep. And then the, I think I got a pic. Man, I got the picture of when I had it done. If I can find it real quick. I don't know. I'll look for it, but. Oh, and if you, the haircut was rough because if we if we didn't, BBs if they didn't rookie rookie refused to get his haircut, we shaved the eyebrows. Ooh, like and and you ever seen somebody with shaved eyebrows? Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> it's like scary. shaved off. Yeah, it's it's yeah. look like that. Looks like an X Men all the time. <laughs> bewildered. Did, did uh is that why you is that why you ultimately picked your head because back in college you had a you had a nice head of hair Man, it was okay i don't mean, know i always had kind of an eight head and it was always rolling up there but um i started well i started doing mohawk i just went like shaved this off the receiving part and just went for a year and then and i got i got sick of doing that and I was just started shaving it. Now I got to shave it every day. If there's like this is long for me, but <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't look too long, Donnie. I, I I think that we we talk about there. The, most of the great Titans all had great bald heads. Where do you think yours ranks? Ooh, yeah, good question. Because you have you have Keith Bullock with a yeah. prime time bald head. Eddie, you have Kevin Vandenbosch. Yeah, Vandenbosch. Yeah, he well he was kind of my my muse, I guess. It's like, man, he look, man, he can pull it off. I can do that. And then he started putting in the. Uh, for a while, Nike made these red contact lenses that were actual sunglasses, so you could look. I mean, it was great sunglasses. And then I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do that with him. Those things were terrifying. Then, the oh, red, yeah, the red contacts. Yeah, those are awesome. Man, those are awesome. Those I, are crazy. I'll be honest. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a um, picture of you that we often tweet out um we've kind yeah. of turned it into a little bit of a meme of you uh with the oxygen tank over your face oh, yeah yeah Sorry. and the red and the red <laughs> dude it's it's the most intense thing i think i've ever seen in my life like every time i get it my blood pressure raises like 10 levels yeah, i've seen that picture <laughs> <laughs> i would, did, did you feel hair. like when you when you would pop those red contacts in like was it kind of oh, like like Popeye? Like, yeah, no. Like you put that in, it was like, man, all right. I just turned into a cold-blooded assassin. Right. <laughs> it's like Popeye, Popeye doing the spinach. You know, it's like all of a sudden you're just like, oh, let's kill some people. <laughs> yeah, man, you can't back down with red eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's literally it's Terminator. That's the that's uh that's Arnold Schwarzenegger in in all those James Cameron movies. Yeah. But you can't go back, man. It's like you turned it into the Hulk. Right. Hulk's, yeah. The yeah. Hulk's not going to just be, okay, let's take it easy. Let's settle this. Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't pop in the red contacts okay. and then like, all right, I'm going to do my taxes now. You know? <laughs> I'm going to put together a great PowerPoint slide now. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where does the school? <laughs> so, Donnie, before we let you go, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask for a Jeff Fisher story. Do you have one that sticks out to you that you still remember to this day, or maybe Ooh. some of the audience would find funny? What do you have Jeff Fisher wise for us? Man. I don't know. I don't know. I got, 
a few like that I'm not gonna tell. <laughs> Wait, why? What do you can tell them here? Yeah, Nobody's no, listening. Just, Nobody's. It's just us yeah, now. Well, I I stopped the recording. Um. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. Here it goes. No. <laughs> Dang it. Man, no, I don't have. The, there's not a real a story that sticks out, but man, he he had a great feel for like the locker room and how we were. And some sometimes like you're two and fourteen, it's I man, it sucks. Or two and twelve going into those last couple games and and he'd sense it mid season on good seasons too, like two thousand three, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And man, it would be the same uh pregame speech. <laughs> man, how did it go? I can't remember. Something about and it's one of these games you got to get on, get a motorcycle, a bottle of whiskey, <laughs> and just go get it. Like, go get a BJ <laughs> after the game or something, man. That's something crazy. I could totally see Jeff Fisher saying that. Well, I can't remember who I was. Well, he, one thing about Jeff Fisher is he definitely knew to end practice after a Donnie Nicky scrap, right? That's that's the one thing we know that Jeff Fisher was an expert at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he knew how to yell at me. <laughs> but, then, but then give me the wink, wink. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. The wink, wink. Um, but I, I, I got two quick questions before we let you go. The one, sure. just one, one last question on the uh, red contacts. Sorry that I'm hung up on these things, but oh, man, I want some. They, yeah. Did you ever like leave them in after practice and just like go like go home or something and like scare people? Like just no, man. Oh, they they like, look too. They look too crazy. Like they look so crazy. Like they'd just be distracting every person I looked at. Oh, I remember. And that I was part of the character, so you got to drop out. I would. I, I was like after. Yeah. yeah, they stopped making them too. It's shame. So, so you don't still have them, right? Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, we. Kyle, I know Kyle. Kyle kept a few. Like he had a stockpile, so he wore them like another year. He wore them in Detroit. They just, yeah, yeah. After they just, yeah, they were all. Those were all stockpiled. <laughs> they first of all, they need to bring those back. Uh, but second, like I, I used to intern at the radio station at at the zone back in the day, and so we'd always be right there at training camp and I would be the intern that was required like to go and get Kyle Vandenbosch and I'd be lying if I didn't say I peed my pants every single time it, just going yeah. to get him because he would look down at me and it, it like those red eyes and look into my, your soul oh my gosh it's it's incredible but anyway uh Donnie we um on this podcast we kind of have a a, a recurring joke that um every guest we have on the podcast we just refer to them as our uncle and but with you like can i i'm just gonna ask it can you is there any possibility that you could just straight up adopt us to you to where you are actually our uncle is that is that yeah, absolutely yeah okay i'm sure there's a attorney somewhere that could draw, draw yeah well i already talked to my lawyer so we can i've got the paperwork all drummed up i'll just mail it to you and then uh you will officially be our podcast's uncle and we will be your nephews done done all right let's all go right. awesome yes we did it we did it man, <laughs> this is the best gonna, day ever man i'm gonna find this picture of my haircut and then i'm gonna send it to you guys oh please do please yeah, do you can enjoy 
man. This is those from 2000. It's from 2003. And man, it's like an actual picture. But I took a picture of it. And I think I got it somewhere. And hold on. I was seven years old. I'll give it to you guys. I'll send it to you guys. Okay. All right. Perfect. Deal. You heard it here. Donnie, are you, uh, are you on social media at all? Is there anything we can plug for you on the way out? Man, the door? I'm starting to, I'm starting to get back on man, okay. 2015. I was like, man, I'm done. 2016. I was like, no more, no more Facebook, no more Instagram. I was checked out and I'm slowly getting back in. My wife is really good on it. Um, LinkedIn, but I don't have any, I mean, Twitter, I don't know what my Twitter is. All right. So well, welcome to plug. When you get back on, you let us know, and we will we'll make sure that that you get the following that you deserve. Okay, we got your back, Donnie. Like for life, this is this is deeper than football. This is podcasting. It's family <laughs> we, now. Yeah, family. you. We are family, family, technically. Yeah, you are our uncle <laughs> now. You're so. my nephews. <laughs> Donnie, dude, you're the man. This has been so much fun. This is everything we uh, had hoped for and more. Thank you for doing this, dude. You're you're awesome. Thank you, Don. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Jack, if I've said it once, I've I've said it a thousand times. I love Donnie Nicky. I love him. The goat. He's the goat. He he's the Mister. He's the the best Titans special teams player. I think we've had, excluding our punters, of course. Yeah. Excluding Brett Kurt and Craig Hendrick and Rob Baronis, even. Donnie Nicky holds down right. the fourth spot. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. Brett Kern is obviously like our favorite, like the greatest current Titan of all time. Donnie Nicky might be the greatest former Titan of all time. Am, am I wrong in saying that? No, no, you're spot on. Like no disrespect to to Steve McNair, rest in peace, Eddie George, uh, you know, Javon Curse, all of those guys. Like, no disrespect to them. I mean, but this is Donnie, Donnie Nicky we're talking about. Come on, we're not shortchanging the man. He's had the most interesting career that I can remember that no one's going to talk about. No. Because there is the Lindale White fight in 06. There's the VY fight in 07. There is the referee bitch slap in 2010. There is a national title that he won in 2002 as a co-captain of that defense at Ohio State where they knocked off Miami. And his path to to even lasting eight years in the NFL is incredible just because of the – when you think of Donnie Nicky, hard work, hustle, hard oh, that's work, all I think about. Grit, yeah. it's synonymous with, with Donnie Nicky. So to get him yeah. on the podcast was long overdue. And if we're leaving out anything like really of uh, noteworthy from the interview, that's that's because we recorded this before the interview. Uh, so with that said, let's go ahead and talk about the biggest Titans news of the week. Jarrell Casey is big mad. Uh, he joined the McCourty Twins podcast and basically just aired his grievances against how he was handled with the Titans and I'm just going to go ahead and read you this this quote of what he said. Um, he said, and I quote, uh, the part that is so crazy is that you give so much to them, especially when you come up on free agency and have opportunities to go somewhere else, especially the way it was going when we were there, 2-14, and 
three and 13. Those were some rough times. <laughs> uh, I'll stop him right there. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Correct. We know Thank you. Yes, that we agree that those were some very rough times. He continues. When you're a loyal guy and you feel like things are going in the right direction and you're the centerpiece, you got no choice but to fight it through. My mindset was to stick it out and things would get better. For us to get to the point to get better and to be a main focus of that, and then you just throw me away to the trash like I was like I wasn't a main block of that. Coming off an injury the year before and playing the whole season for y'all, no complaints. I did everything you wanted me to do, and you throw me like a piece of trash. At the end of the day, none of these businesses are loyal. That's wow. a lot. That's a lot to unpack. Look, and before we say anything, we miss Jarrell Casey. Jarrell Casey was a pivotal piece. I look at Jarrell Casey almost in the same light that I do Marcus Mariota. Without him, the Titans aren't where they are right now. He was yeah. a he was a, a cornerstone of this rebuilding that the Titans have gone through. It's just that that cornerstone is now playing for the Denver Broncos. It's, you know, it's there maybe have been some chips or some cracks in it that that John Robinson felt like needed to weren't wasn't good enough to hold up this piece of the building anymore. God, I'm so worried about week one. I feel like Drill Casey will just wreak havoc amongst <laughs> the interior linemen and Ben Jones, the center. Right. Daniel's going to get sacked like nine times just by Drill alone. <laughs> no, but when you when you think of Titans Mount Rushmore, you don't necessarily put Jarrell Casey's face up there. There's there's so many. There, well, there's not so many, but there, there's a set number. You, you have yeah. Steve McNair, Eddie George. You can put Keith Bullock up there, Javon Kirst. Sure. You, could, you could take it a few ways. But, but if you did like a Mount Rushmore of like the last decade, he's oh, without question one of well, the faces. I was going to yeah. say, while those players were all great in their own right, Jarrell Casey may be one of the most instrumental players in Titans history because right. of where the team was. You you have to think he was he was the key piece defensively on a team coached by one kid in Wizenhunt and quarterback by one Zach Mettenberger. So yeah, he did stick through the rough time. He he has a right to feel upset. Um, the McCordy twins seem to be body slamming Titans on the body slamming the Titans on their podcast. They had Logan Ryan on it earlier this offseason. Um, Jason McCordy yeah. obviously had some history here. Yeah, real quick to that point. Since when did the McCordy twins become the modern day Barbara Walters? Like, how do how do these guys keep like scooping these breaking one-on-one interviews with guys? And and they always seem to be Titans. Like, should we be concerned that all these former Titans are going on this Patriots podcast and trying to throw dirt on the team that that knocked them out of the playoffs last year? And that's what I was going to ask. Is there Patriot retaliation here? You know how. Former Patriots used to be making their way down to Nashville and still still are sometimes. Sure. Maybe maybe this is the McCordy twins doing Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft's bidding on defaming <laughs> ex-Titans or defaming his Titans, defaming the Titans through ex-Titans. Right. So, I don't know. I it's it is I wouldn't put it past Belichick. I honestly would not but like if he schemed this whole thing up, I would not put it past him. That is a total hoodie move of him to do. Yeah. Like and I mean it's it's like who are they going to get on there next? <laughs> like are they going to get like like is Marcus Mariota, Mariota finally going to break his silence? If they get Mariota, I swear I'm I'm um I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw my freaking laptop through a window because Marcus Mariota didn't say anything for the like five years he was here in Tennessee. 
and then you know he goes he's gonna go on the McCourty twins freaking podcast like when did the McCourty twins become Dan Rather like I don't understand how these guys are <laughs> are these new like their new journalists podcast, breaking news their rise to podcast glory is something to tip your hat to I mean yeah but, I guess so but with Jarrell well, Casey, tra- tra- Casey the pod- podcast way instead of the Patriot way <laughs> <laughs> Jarrell Casey said that he felt like a piece of trash so when I heard that or felt like the Titans treated like a piece of trash. So when I heard that, I I, I remember that he was traded for a seventh-round pick, right, for, to Denver mm-hmm. for a seventh-round pick. And for some weird reason, my my brain clicked, and I said, Taewon Taylor was a literal piece of Titans garbage, and they <laughs> traded him away for a seventh-round pick that fell 13 selections behind what they got for Casey. I understand it was a salary dump. I get it. He was yeah. costing a lot of money. But are we, first first and foremost, yes, he was treated like a piece of trash. And for that, Jarrell Casey, well, I, I apologize. But but if being treated like a piece of trash gets you an $11 million contract with another team, then and we all want to be pieces of trash. Oh, I want to be a piece of trash. Like, like I want to be trash. I want to be trash. <laughs> All right, don't clip this part of the podcast out of context, but I want to be trash. So that's that's what that's the reason why I tied both of those together because they're completely different players. They did completely different things in their time in two-tone blue, but they were traded for picks 13 selections apart. Now, the Titans flipped that 7th round picks to the Chiefs to upgrade it to a 6th round pick. Who cares? Um the Titans then drafted Cole McDonald for the Taewon Taylor pick quarterback from Hawaii so we'll see how that pans out um so I get where Jarrell Casey's coming from I'm scared where Jarrell Casey will be coming from in week one um I hope it's not at Tannehill but odds are he he's probably going to get back there at least once Jeffrey Simmons is my next question because we haven't we, we haven't really gotten to talk about this Jarrell Casey trade a ton when you move a player like Jarrell Casey you have to be 100% confident in your interior D-line you have Daquan Jones who is solid you have Jeff Simmons, who was drafted with knee injuries. You know he he didn't. You're, you're play. taking a flyer on Jarrell or on on, on Jeff you're, Simmons. You're you're hoping that he is going to be what you think he can. You're be. pushing your chips to the middle on Jeff right. Simmons to a player uh, on a player who hasn't played a 16 game season just yet. There were flashes. Yes, there were great flashes last year. He he was a big part of why the Titans beat the Chargers. Um, he, he's he can he can if healthy, be a similar player to Jarrell Casey. I don't doubt that it was a great learning experience to learn under a guy like that. But this move to get rid of Jarrell Casey, I, I get it to dump the money, is a bit of a risk. Maybe it's a calculated risk where they where they are really confident in Jeff Simmons. I'm not sure. Only time will tell, right? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And, and I think it is um, – I, I think it's really important to – for that development of Jeff Simmons, because this is the thing I'm worried about. What happens if the Titans don't get Jadavian Clowney? Then you really are banking on what you've already got. Unless they go out and get like a Marcus Golden, which I don't, if they don't get a Jadavian Clowney, I don't see that. I I mean, obviously they got to spend that money somewhere, but I don't know. I, I'm just really curious as to what the defensive line is going to look like come, you know, week one in September. And it is, uh, and this, this is one thing that I've been thinking about too, is cause I know obviously like 
Titans fans are bent that Jarrell Casey is gone. I'm bent. Like I'm right. I'm upset, but I'm also kind of proud of John Robinson to make that tough decision. He is basically saying, no, look, I think we can get more bang for our buck for that $11 million that he signed in Denver. I think we can get more. So he's he made that tough decision. And in previous regimes of this Tennessee Titans organization, they would have held on to Jarrell Casey. They would have held on to Jarrell Casey until he retired, until he was he started to decline. And you would have had him for those years when he was declining. This way, you're getting him, you're showing him the door at his peak. Now, maybe he goes off in Denver. I don't know. But that's the thing. You don't know. And I like the Titans kind of being proactive and saying, okay, it's time to move on. He, Jarrell Casey was part of that Marcus Mariota era where they helped bridge the Titans from the 3-13s and 13s to the Ken Wisenhunt, just literally hell on earth, through the Malarkey <laughs> era to the Vrabel era. And is now the Titans are now you know a top 10 team in the NFL. They, they helped get them there, but now it's time to move on and, and use the new pieces to take us take the Titans even further. So I respect John Robinson for what he did, but what I'm curious as to what happens is what happens if say two thirds of the way into the season, the Titans are in the lower third of the NFL in sacks tackles for loss. They're getting no production from their defensive line. And then you look out to Denver and you see Jarrell Casey also failing to produce numbers if he doesn't come up big and he kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, craps out in, in, in Denver, what happens then? Because then it's, it's Titans. Titans fans can use Jarrell Casey as a scapegoat if he does produce, but if he doesn't, what did the Titans like? What decision should the Titans have made? Yeah, and they they put they back themselves into sort of a corner here with the whole clowny watch with getting rid of Jarrell Casey. What they did do was what they wanted to do at the start of the offseason: get younger. They did that. Now it's a bit of a risk, but it's one that I think that you have to take if you want continued success. You can't. You're right. You know, Clowney is a guy you would like to see retire in a Titans jersey, but holding on to him. After in the in the back nine of his career, after the, after he turns thirty, which he already is, it's and paying him the high dollar value that he has earned over his career. But I don't know if he can live up to. That's, that's it's a tough decision, and I want to do a cross sport comparison. Ooh, here we go. I liken the Jarrell Casey trade to the Preds trading away PK Subban. They did not get a whole lot in return. They got a couple of minor leaguers and some draft picks that really weren't as high as most Preds fans would have appreciated. So it was it was realistically just getting rid of a player to then open up more salary cap space on the back end. Now the Preds bought in, brought in Matt Duchesne. The Titans have brought in Vic Beasley so far. But if they bring in Jadavian Clowney, I think all the, all the stars would have aligned in John Robinson's vision of originally dumping Casey. Yeah, that's and that's a great point because when PK was was shipped out of town, I was I was devastated because one, I just loved PK. He was awesome. A great predator, just a great man in Nashville. But I, I was like, okay, if they get rid of Duchesne, I mean, if they get rid of PK, they better be bringing in Matt Duchesne. Mm-hmm. Like they better get something for that <laughs> vacancy that he's he's leaving. I I'm a Dodgers fan obviously, like and and 
I felt the same way when the Dodgers got rid of Yasiel Puig. I was like, okay, if you're getting rid of Yasiel Puig, you better be bringing in Bryce Harper in during that off season. They, they didn't. And I was very frustrated. I was very mad that they just got rid of, of Yasiel Puig for nothing. So I'm hoping the Titans are more Preds than they are Dodgers in the sense that if you were going to let Jarrell Casey walk, you better go out and bring in Jadavian Clowney. And it, as a, as a, uh, participation, participation, why can't I talk? Participate in as a participation prize, bring in Marcus Golden. I'll, yeah. t- I'll take one or the other, but, but I definitely want Jadavian Clowney first. Obviously, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that. So, um, all right. Well, with that, with that all said, we, we're not going to be doing emails this week. We've got some, but uh, we're going to hold them off for next week. So if you if you emailed us, just uh, you know, tune in next week. Make sure and and we'll read your email then. Uh, but if you'd like to email us, you can you can do so. Tighten up pod at a to z sports nashville.com. It's tighten up pod at a to z sports nashville.com. Write that down. Save it to your phone. Send us emails whenever whenever you want, and we'll we'll try and answer. We try and answer them every week, but just this week was was different. Um, with Donnie, with Donnie, the legend, Nikki coming in. <laughs> so with that said, we'll go straight to remember the Titan and remember the Titan. I mean, we all, you know, what remember the Titan is by now. It's basically us just playing. Remember that guy, but in Titans form. So Jack, who is your remember the Titan this week? I'm going off the wall a little bit, Austin. I'm going coach. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So last week, yeah, last week we had the email of someone sending in a, uh, uh, a, coach as the remember the titan that was something we 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 never even thought of like that's a great idea who so what wait what coach are you going with so i'm doing dick lebeau he spent 45 years in the nfl as a coach now it was a bunch of it was with cincinnati his most memorable successful years were with the steelers capped it off in tennessee for his last three seasons he was originally brought in in 2015 when Wizenhunt was fired in the middle of the season and Malarkey took over. They finished 3-13 that season, but LeBeau took charge of the defense as the assistant head coach in D.C., and the team went 9-7 in 2016 and 2017. So a lot of people remember Dick LeBeau as the reason why the Steel Curtain was what it was, but I remember him as a Titan. So, oh, same here, same here. I will never not remember. M- much like I remember Randy Moss is only a Titan. Like, that's, I will only remember. <laughs> same thing with Andre Johnson. Only a Titan in my book. All Titans. Yeah, all Titan. Uh, can, did we go, did the Titans go from Dick LeBeau to Dean Pease? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Cause, <laughs> is that the greatest name transition from, from coordinators of all time in the, the history of NFL coaching? From a Dick to Pease? Dick Pease, that's exactly what it was. It, <laughs> and it was it was a great transition. They both served the Titans very well in their time. Yes. They it was a very hard defense to penetrate. They go from they go from Dick to Pease to a man who will cut his penis off for a Super Bowl. That's so a, there's a lot a of there's a lot of dick jokes wrapped into this. Uh, uh, <laughs> A dick to peas to, yeah, that's to, to a, a guy who will not be able to pee 
No, he will not. You can't. If you cut, well, actually, if you cut your penis off, can you pee? I don't know. Like, we'll have to win a Super Bowl it, to find out. Is is it like a? Is it like if you cut like a straw down? It's just a shorter straw. Like, does the whole just <laughs> like is the whole? Uh, still there? This is bad. Sorry. This is not. This yeah. Is, this is this is bad. Okay. All right. You'll never. You, I, I'll guarantee you this though. You will not get this discussion on any other Titans podcast. <laughs> so okay, you go on with your remember the Titan now. I showed you mine. <laughs> uh, all right. Um. I am going with a man by the name of Jason Fisk. Now, if you're if you're an OG Titans fan, you remember Jason Fisk on the defensive. <laughs> he was defensive tackle out of Stanford. He was drafted in the seventh round in the 1995 NFL draft by the Minnesota Vikings, um, and he only played for the Titans from 1999 to 2001, which. Basically, Jason Fisk saw the this franchise's best teams and like had saw the best years and and then just bounced. He was like, "All right, these are the best teams that this franchise is probably going to have for the next at least twenty years." So I'm gonna I'm gonna head out. My question is: Was Jason Fisk the key to success for the Titans? <laughs> I mean, he was. He, he started 31 games in his two years. Or excuse me, he started forty-seven games in his two or three. Oh, years he was a, the a dude was a workhorse. He was, and and if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he had a pretty badass goatee. Like he was pretty. Yeah, uh, he was. Was he the interior version of Carl Klug? Yes. Yes. Is very that a much fair so. comparison? That's a very fair comparison. Okay. Yes, and he was he was dumb. Like he was great, and especially with Javon Kurse coming off the edge. Like that opened up a lot of things for him to uh, to get a lot of sacks and and he he was awesome. I love Jason Fisk. Now currently, you're probably like, man, what has Jason Fisk been up to? Because I know that's been on the top of our minds of for the last you know twenty years of where has Jason Fisk gone? <laughs> I I'll be honest, Jack. There's been there's been countless nights where I've laid awake uh, just wondering <laughs> where the hell Jason Fisk. You're not is. the only one, I'm sure. Well, I, I'm here with the answer for you. He is currently an AP chemistry teacher at Vacaville High School in Vacaville, California. Mm-hmm. Now, you know how the NCAA says like most student athletes will go pro in something other than sports? Jason Fisk went pro in both sports and something other than sports. He did both. Is Virtually. that the most Stanford post-career choice ever, like of all time? Not just a chemistry teacher, but an AP chemistry teacher. Yeah, that's impressive, and it, it's a it's a versatile display of his skill set. Something also that is vers- versatile about Jason Fisk was what he did in a Titans jersey. He had a safety, he had a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, he had sacks, he had an interception. He did yep. it all. He did it all. He did it all. All right, they like stuffed the stat sheet. I know we talked about Jarrell Casey, like just barely missing out on the um, the Titans Mount Rushmore. Is is that because Jason Fisk is on it? it Jason Fisk can takes up takes up two spots on the on the Titans Mount Rushmore, in my opinion. Wow, that's he definitely <laughs> takes up the right defensive side of the the Rushmore. Imagine yeah. Jason like Jason Fisk literally used to destroy NFL quarterbacks, and now he's like grading papers. <laughs> you know, like now he's now he's teaching kids about. Honestly, I I know nothing about chemistry. I was going to try and make a reference there. I don't. 
I, he, he's he's enlightening his students on the table of elements and yeah. probably making things blow up or or something of that right. sort. That's what chemistry uh, teachers do. All right. Well, that's that is our time for this week. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod, on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. Email us, Tighten Up Pod at A to Z Sports Nashville.com. And follow A to Z Sports at A to Z Sports on all things social media. Jack, anything you got for the road? Um, he's at Austin Huff on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. As always, send us some emails. We'd love to interact with you guys at tightenuppod at adzsportsnashville.com. Yes, and uh, Donnie Nicky for life. And I guess until next week, tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way.